Hello and welcome to another episode of Intentional Sounding, the Draw Play Podcast. As always, well, not as always, but as of last week and this week, I am your host, Sam Grezes. With me is my good friend, Ray. Hey guys, good to be here. Good to be mm-hmm. sitting next to, uh, let's see, what do we got? How about white wannabe tofu delivery driver, Sam Gresses? <laughs> I've been watching wow. Initial D recently. What can good, I say? Good, good, good. I thought you were going to call me a, uh, a tofu bread meal. All right, you know what? Don't talk about what I'm eating right in front of you. They Literally can't see right it. In, they, they didn't need to know. Yes, they did. The they did need to know need to that know. you are eating tofu on top of bread right now. Also with me, uh, coming back from last week, my brother, Will Grezes. Heyo, good to be back. Excited to talk about some of these games. Yeah, um, and really ride this nepotism thing out as long as it lasts me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And hey, speaking of nepotism, this week joining us is another one of our good friends, John Schneidman of the National Avenue podcast and noted Jets fan. Uh, I feel bullied. Uh, I, I feel like that was a personal attack on me, and I don't appreciate you speaking from such a position of power. Well, bullied, what, what, bullied by us yes, or by but, the Jets, Jets front office? I was going to say, what what does that say about how you read the words Jets fan and what those two words mean when you put them together and call someone that? I just didn't like the tone of your voice when you said it. I didn't like the way you said it. It felt very pejorative to me, and I just felt like I needed to speak up. Are you triggered? Mildly. It's been five minutes. (laughs) Not even. Yeah. Who'd have thought it's we're one minute into the new show, and I've already been triggered. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Setting records. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, the NFL season has has started, and I was thinking, why don't we start with what everyone thinks we're going to talk about first, knowing that we are all big fans of Touchdown Trevor here on the podcast. We should probably talk about his NFL debut. I think you didn't call him by the correct title. I'm sorry, it's T-Money Wiggle. Excuse me, it's future first ballot Hall of Famer yes. Trevor Simeon. <laughs> That, oh. that, that's what that, you need to call him by his proper title so people okay. know who you're talking about and that, so you show him the proper respect very oh. very true very true he looked pretty good in his first outing his stats weren't incredible but he was better than peyton manning was last year i think that's the general <laughs> consensus well you know it's pretty difficult not to be better than a floating corpse <laughs> true so i i'd be a deactivated he, android yeah i'd feel bad if he wasn't you know, at least a mild improvement. I'm, I'm sure he would too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's just great. Feels great to be out there throwing a football around. Yes, you know, he was looking to be working on what was it, real estate or something like that. He's <laughs> I, I'm not making yeah. that up. It was something no. like that. He wasn't quite bagging groceries like Kurt Warner, but not that. Well, no, far he's off got either. way, way, way too expensive an education to be bagging groceries like Kurt Warner. <laughs> That's right. He definitely had. Please a pay my backup plan that was, I believe, real estate. If he didn't make the squad, he was going to go to real estate yeah. school or something. Yeah, like you don't that. end up bagging groceries if you played college. If you played college football for a school where they shake the keys at the other oh, school God. to indicate that you'll be driving our cars one the day, the worst even if you college football. football tradition ever, and it's the one from our school. Either way, I can think of a few worse ones. Well, it's true. I mean, he looked all right. He had uh, two picks in the game. One was a tip. It was tough. Yeah. He uh, he he had trouble throwing over the line at times. Although, which was ironic because the first 
play he he led from scrimmage was an incredible dodge of a lineman. Yeah. He threw his sidearm yeah, his around sidearm. But he struggled to throw over the line a little bit, had a tip pass from an interception, which usually you wouldn't say is his fault, but with those other struggles, you, mm-hmm. you don't really know. So, you know, he looked all right. He looked all right. He didn't look, you know, like he needed 8,000 neck surgeries, but yeah. I'm not exactly ready to, to, to start watching the Broncos every week just yet. No. I My opinion on him, <coughs> given what we had seen today, or I'm sorry, on Thursday, was that his ceiling is somewhere around a Fitzpatrick. And then we can all get used to, like whenever Fitzpatrick plays, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth never letting us forget that, hey... Hey, you know Trevor Simeon went to college at Northwestern. Yeah. And then we'll know what it's like. Ugh. He's a smart person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's we, got, that makes he's... us feel good because we can't play the game and we think we're smart. Ugh. Wow. You know, real. I don't appreciate you objectifying him like this. He's also really gosh darn good looking. He, and I think what we need happened? to indicate that. What do you mean? He, he never was that good looking in college. I don't remember him being that good he looking. He matured. He grew into I his know. body. Somebody yeah. sent me a picture of myself in college recently. Yeah. And I looked fucking fetal. <laughs> so I really, so like me, Trevor Simeon has grown into his body a little bit. <laughs> Oh, and John. Hey. John still looks like now looks like a twelve year old boy. He's graduated from <laughs> like from I said, older. To... <laughs> like I said, older. Uh, okay, that's good. That's a good visual gag for this po- audio podcast. Yeah. No, I I think that we should tell a whole bunch of people who don't know what I look like what I look like now. Jesus. <laughs> 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 We've got visual gags for days today. John wants to radio. out of his chair. Not, uh, this is yeah. We've yeah. all got we've all got faces we're for not, radio. We're essentially, not, we're not cutting that out. Not to take us way too far off topic, but Please. I'd like to talk a little bit about how he played the game of football on on Thursday. Yeah, um, I would love that. I like. I appreciated like he had a bit of swagger to his game. He did not seem shaken by the moment playing against one of the best defenses in the league. Like his first play from scrimmage. He pump faked Coney Ely out of his shoes and yeah. sidearmed the ball to Demarius Thomas. It was it was a pretty awesome play, pretty ballsy. Um, mm-hmm. He had ups and downs, but it's not going to be a completely sterile offense, which is I think what a lot of us feared because they didn't necessarily trust this guy. I agree with that. And what I was thinking when I was watching him play is that a lot of the game that I had seen him play at Northwestern had been improved, but he had kept a lot of the stuff that made him a good quarterback for Northwestern in that he he's really calm under pressure. He never seemed to really lose his cool or go on tilt. He wasn't forcing very many throws. Which I think is all, those are all areas you're saying he's improved since yes. his college career. Yes, yes. While retaining, you know, the arm strength that he showed flashes of in college and, and absolutely the surprising mobility that he supposedly has, the awareness that all is all in place. He's always been fairly clutch, too, in college, at least. Oof. Didn't yeah. feel that way, Sam. It yeah. didn't feel that way. <laughs> Ask anybody who watched that Michigan game. Ask anyone who watched that Syracuse game. This isn't a Northwestern yes. podcast. We should so, probably get yeah, let's off. Move but, 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 let's but, move on. Let's move on here. I think one thing I learned is that maybe Peyton Manning isn't all that smart. And let me explain that take. Okay. If The whole justification for Peyton Manning continuing to play quarterback last year was that he was bringing 20 years of football acumen mm-hmm. onto the field with him. And that, well, Brock Osweiler isn't that much better at throwing, but he doesn't have the football eye or all the experience that Peyton Manning has. Peyton Manning was the game manager. Well, Trevor Simeon has been playing professional football for five minutes, and the offense was already much better under him. 
So what Peyton lacked in intelligence, you're saying, it took 20 years for Peyton Manning to accumulate the football intelligence that Trevor Simeon has out the box. Hey, he didn't go to Tennessee to learn school. To That's play school. To <laughs> play school. That's true. <laughs> he went to Tennessee to play football, not play school. Oh, boy. We should uh, move on and talk about some of the other games on Sunday, too. Uh, as, as you guys may or may not know, we record this podcast on Monday. So actually, why don't we start there? I, we have a little game to play. And it's called Who is Really Dumb? And the answer is probably all of us. I want us all to give us picks for tonight's game. Oh. So that when this podcast goes up, there is a an auditory record of how wrong we all are. Oh boy. Alright, I'll go first. Okay. Steelers and Rams. Okay. Steelers are gonna be uh the Washington uh the the, the Washington the, racial the Washington Steelers. offensive name. Yep. And the Rams are just going to win because it's their first time in L.A. And Chip Kelly's office has no pop. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I sit next to an Eagles fan shaking his head from three years of no pop. So, and if I'm wrong, I won't lose any sleep over it. So, it's funny because those are my picks too. Whee! I think that's where the smart money is. Yeah. All right, Will, are you jumping off those rails at all? Uh, I actually am. I'm going to take the Niners in a bit of an upset pick. It's partially me kind of brushing back against the insanity of Rams hype. There's so much of it. And I'm one of the people who I, like, Tavon Austin is one of my favorite players in the league. Like, I love this team a lot. People just don't talk about Robert Quinn anymore at all, and Aaron Donald is as good as anybody in the league. All that said, they're still not that great, and they're starting a rookie quarterback who has been pretty poor so far. With no indication that he's what? great. Although, I guess Keenum, Keenum, Keenum is going to be starting ahead of him. But, you know, I appreciate the love for Keenum. I just, you know, the fact that they haven't figured out the quarterback situation. And the f- reason they haven't figured it out is because they have not started their huge investment number one overall pick. Right. I just don't necessarily buy in. They're playing on the road. Again, this is just one of those games that seems to me that a random team wins inside the division. The Rams are definitely the better team, but oftentimes the better team doesn't necessarily win. And I think they're missing a little bit of run support with Laurenitis, and Carlos Hyde's a good player, so uh, I could see the Niners pulling it out, but I'll take the series too. Okay, so you're going Niners-Steelers. Now, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say that I don't think the Rams are going to start the season as good as their potential. Uh, they're going to finish the season, season stronger than I they. It's going to take a second to gel, but I think it's going to take a lot longer for San Francisco to figure out what's going on. So I'll say that the Rams aren't going to be great to start the season, but I think San Francisco is going to be worse. And I'll just I'll flip on the other one. I think it's going to be a uh, offensive team name from Washington over over the Steelers. That's my I'll take that upset. Pick. Why? Why do you say that? I like I we talked about this last week. I like I think the Redskins are going to win the the NFC East. I like the team. I believe Cousins is. I, I think he's good. I think the team is is solid. And I also am a little bit down on the Steelers. So I, if I sure. if I didn't take basically, I'd have to take them because if I didn't take them, then I basically go back on everything I said last week. Yeah. So, Can we take just this? for consistency's sake, I don't have sure. to be smart. I just have to be consistent. Can we take this moment to remember the time that Ray Rayburg thought Case Keenum was going to be a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback? We've we been remember remembering this that every time. Time I'm on the podcast. Murder well, I almost like said it, it when, be brought up every week. I almost said it when you said first ballot Hall of Famer Trevor Simeon. I said, "Well, let's not forget about first ballot <laughs> Hall of Famer Case Keenum." I still hold. Are you out. still in? Are you oh still yeah, in Case I'm Keenum? still. I st- I love him. This is going to be the squad that does it for him. You you like the tape? You it's like going to be tape? the greatest show on turf version two. <laughs> oh, led by Case fucking Keenum. Hey man, 
He blasted records in college. The dude can throw it. You know who else blasted records in college? Ryan Leaf. Okay, don't. That's not the same, and you know it. Uh, yeah, I know. I, <laughs> there were about a million directions you could go. I, I, yeah, I, I was. I was and like, am I going to go? I was. Uh, am I going to go? Gino? Am I going to go? Johnny Football? There are so many choices. I mean, Leaf was naturally talented. I think that's. That's true. That's very true. Well, I wasn't thought... he raised by like some sort of insane? His father, like I, I saw that thirty for thirty once, right? With the Ryan Leaf one, was it Ryan Leaf? You're you're probably thinking about Johnny Football. He's getting his life he together have a though. Thirty right? for thirty. About Johnny He's Football. going to. Yeah, well, he is. It'll be. 30 Sad. The thirty for thirty was Todd Marinovich, and he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, a basically right. a test tube baby quarterback. Yeah. Wow. He's like the Lindsay Lohan of quarterbacks. <laughs> Oh man! Ooh, we should, that should be an award we every week. The oh, Lindsay Lohan of quarterbacks pushing Lindsay sponsored Lohan. makeup on you know Instagram. What I mean? Is that what he's doing? Yes. He was, Lindsay you know, Lohan performance of the week. He was brought up from way too early in age to be a, a certain something, and you know you can't do that to children. It's not healthy. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's abuse. Oh, that's a great. I'm so I'm gonna start thinking of this week's Lindsay Lohan of quarterbacks. Well, um, you know the Lindsay Lohan of quarterbacks for Week One. Well, at least uh, now we have it. Later. We have it down. It's it is on the record. Everybody's taken. Uh, everybody's taken the Steelers except for me. Yes. Everybody's taken the Rams except, except for, Will. for Will. Make fun of us as soon as you hear this, because yep. you'll know, <laughs> and we won't. That's true. That's very true. So let's get into the Sunday games because there were interesting things happening, and I want to start with the Browns. Oh boy! Oh, do we so, have to? This feels so, like bullying. Yeah. Well, no, 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 There's no. Hope. Just everyone, pour yourself a stiff drink first, okay? Because yes, there, there is hope. There was hope. There's still hope. There is still oh. hope. No, there is still hope. Is Let, there hope in Josh that. McCown? Yes, I think yes. so. I have a, I have a couple reasons why I don't think, I don't look. I don't think the Browns were ever destined for greatness this year. But I don't think losing Robert Griffin is the end of everything. Josh McCown, if there's one thing he's at least accustomed to or good at, it's throwing to big receivers. He his recent successes, if you can call you know to the extent that he has had successes in his career, have been thrown to guys like Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey yeah. or Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans. So he's used to throwing to big receivers for what that's worth, and he's proven himself to be a capable quarterback. It sucks to see Griffin go down again, just from a human standpoint. Yeah. I think the team isn't, you know, careening off the rails. I, I I would agree with that. I am more focused on that it's it's sad. After Griffin looked pretty dynamic, fun, there were flashes in that game of some of the excitement that we saw in his rookie season. Obviously, it wasn't all there, but I wanted a full season of that, and we're not going to get it. He's out if... if if you aren't aware, Robert Griffin III on a fourth quarter red zone play uh, injured his shoulder. He's going to be out at least eight weeks. So it's, we got McCown starting. It is heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I, I don't think – I don't know if you were as excited as I was to watch the Browns I, I uh, this year. But it is – because here's the thing. Yeah, maybe the team won't be bad. But just who didn't want to watch, yeah. you know, uh, Robert Griffin throw to Terrell Pryor – and Josh Gordon all year. Yes. It was going to be hilarious. It was going to be a, uh, a spit in the face of every every commentator who, when they took a crap on Robert Griffin, you wondered if it was because he wasn't white. 
you know? And every commenter who got self-righteous about drug suspensions and the right way to play the game, and it was just going to be a big slap in their face. The the stupid Browns with the with the <laughs> with the injured, oft injured, too mobile quarterback, and the drug suspended wide receiver, and the college quarterback turn receiver. It's it's a a it's just anybody who doubted that story. I hate them so much more now that they've been right. proven at least partially right. I don't yeah, care right. how good the team is. I just didn't want them to be right. And what can you say about Robert Griffin III? Is he might be done. You, you know, Cleveland was having a good summer. The Cavs won the NBA Finals. The city didn't burn down during the Republican National Convention. <laughs> Things were going well for them. And, you know, you knew it was going to be a bad afternoon when Robert Griffin III walked in with that haircut. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. You hey, knew now. the football gods were not going to be pleased. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I like the haircut. I thought the haircut was pretty sweet. You can't do that to you can't do that to your head. That's an <laughs> abomination. <laughs> That's an abomination unto the Lord. <laughs> what was happening up there? Okay. So, I think Kaepernick's but, bringing the fro back. I like that. Oh my god. I can't so believe you could fit that under his helmet. He looks like and Macy Gray. Griffin's got <laughs> a little fro going with a little pony fro. Yeah. Who? Yeah. I'm all for Griffin. it. Yeah. At the end of the day, I I am excited to watch the Browns receiving core play still. I'm not as heartbroken, I think, as as Ray is because there's a little part of me that thinks Yeah, Ray looks broken right now. He really kinda does. And it was my team that beat them in the first game. I should be the the most pleased here. Yeah. Ray looks like a kid whose family fostered a dog and now they have to give it to their real family and he's sad that they lost the dog. That's what Ray looks like right now. It's the dog is the dog pound. They were my foster family for a minute there. I was with no, them. No. And now I have to give them back to dirty, dirty Cleveland. Speaking, speaking though of of the Eagles, friend of the podcast who we like making fun of, Roberto Aguayo, perfect on the day. What does it have to do with the Eagles? What? What? <laughs> Wait for real. What does that have to do with the Eagles? Is Aguayo not? No. Um, I just, did I just have a gigantic brain? Yes, fuck. you do. You're not, I think I did. We're not editing out me falling out of the chair. We're no, sure as fuck. No, we're not editing that, that out either. It's, I'm editing it. And you the, guys, you guys can bucks. know that I'm an idiot. Oh, my he's God. He's on the Bucks, yeah. dude. Okay, yeah, no. I'm, Remember I they drafted their hometown boy. You yep. thought that that you thought that if if Roberto Aguayo was drafted by Howie Roseman in what round? The second round? The third round? It doesn't matter. If it was before the fifth round, Philadelphia would have been ashes by now. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? They would have <laughs> there would be no city left to talk about. It wouldn't even be a talking point anymore. It'd be like a national tragedy that we'd have moved on from. From from the Aguayo side. <laughs> on the streets of Philadelphia. Oh God. Well, so I guess we're now talking about the Bucks because because I had a gigantic. Oh, let's talk about the Bucks. Yeah, Will. I know you want to talk about the Bucks. Aguayo was perfect on the day, and Will, you were proven at least somewhat right in your pick last week. I mean, they're on track for 16-0. and 0. Yeah, that's true. Um, Go 1-0 every week. winning the division by an unprecedented 16 games, so I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty <laughs> optimistic. No, I, I mean, in all seriousness, like, the, the Panthers looked fine, and they lost the Super Bowl champions, so there's nothing really yeah. too big red flaggy about that. I just think Jameis Winston looked as good as any quarterback did. 
this past weekend. I agree with he that. Was he was fantastic. Very, very he had a good rapport with his receivers. Charles Sims looks like a huge asset out of the backfield. I just think Tampa's got a good team this year, and they laid waste to the Falcons, which isn't a huge accomplishment, but uh, it, they were a fun team to watch, and I think they'll continue to do that. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I wasn't sold on it when you were saying this last week, but watching watching them play and watching their offense actually grind out yards and put together complete drives was surprising to me to, to, to say the least. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of now on the, yeah, I'll watch the Bucks play. The Bucks have been showing up on red zone channel, which is better than I can say for them the past <laughs> few years. I, I kind of want to steer this. So we brought up Roberto Aguayo. We've brought mm-hmm. up the uh, Panthers loss. Yeah. I want to talk about kicking. Okay. <sighs> there the are I'm triggered all points. over again. I'm triggered all over again. Yo, I'm sorry, Jets, buddy. That's why we lost. I know the kicking this week was, I want to say, was terrible. It was dog shit. Didn't that happen week one last year as well? I don't remember. There was a whole bunch of early missed extra points. extra points. Well, the extra points, they're showing. I love it. I love the new yeah. extra point rule. It's It almost, it doesn't, but it pretends to make up for the stupid new never return a kick rules. But it makes it, it's really fun when you never know who's going to be able to hit an extra point or not and then if you're going to go for two. But we've had extra point misses. We've had clutch field goal misses. We've had huge field goals. Dan Bailey hit a monster field goal. I mean, what, six, maybe not quite 60 yards. Around there. Yeah, something um, like that. Which was huge for the Cowboys and their one-point win. We had the Jets game decided by a one-point win with a missed field goal. We had the Panthers missed field goal. It's Huge. The Cardinals. And then, Cardinals. then the Cowboys, too. Yeah, right. Uh, which, I, yeah, you kind of can't say that ended with a missed field goal because they never got the chance to kick the field goal. Oh, well. Oh, that was so <laughs> glorious. Yeah, that's Did you all. see Des Bryant? Yeah. The look on his face. It looked like he'd just gotten the Dementor's kiss. His <laughs> soul was sapped out through his body watching. What's the guy's name? What's the Terrence Williams. Williams. Watching Terrence Williams forget that going outside the, you know, going out of bounds stops the clock it was extremely boneheaded i don't think they would have had a shot to win the game even if he did make the right play i agree with i mean they would have had a shot but that would have been it yeah but yeah. who cares i get to laugh at the cowboys it's really stupid it was <laughs> it, yeah i mean there's nothing else to really just play. imagine jerry jones coked up face watching that happen oh man uh, uh, so- i would not want to be a stripper in dallas that night <laughs> chris christie ate at least five twinkies after that <laughs> The problem I'm having with applying my usual Cowboys schadenfreude to this situation is it wasn't a team failure. It was a player failure. And then when that happens to the Cowboys, it's a little tougher for me because I don't have anything I'll, against Terrence I'll help Williams. You. I'll help you with that, Sam. Please, please. <laughs> yes. do, you know where he went? do you know where he went to college? No. He went to Baylor. Oh, fuck <laughs> him. Oh, so if you had any moral... Uh, bombs. Yeah, there you go. It was a gift. My brother just gave me a gift. Thank you, Will. Anytime. Fuck Terrence Williams. And, and plus, you don't even have to like have pleasure in Terrence Williams' pain. Just all the people who were paying sure, by, yeah. by watching that happen. And all really, the asshole Cowboys fans. It really bailed out that because they let him. The Giants cornerback, uh, I think it was, let him get to the outside. He had a path to just fall and down. Came not back fall down. In. And he tried to make a cut. He did. He wanted to do it himself. He was on an interview saying that he knew what he was doing. 
That oh, it was a conscious uh, choice. Well, like he knew like that makes it a lot worse. Yep. Continuing the long tradition of that honesty ba- out of Baylor University. <laughs> <laughs> Say that exactly. sweet Baylor education. Oh man, there's no way he knew what he was doing. There was another guy right in front. If he, there's no. Yeah, way. I, Daz was pointing. <laughs> And fuck Daz, because I only got a point and a half out of him in fantasy this Oh, time. you had him too? Yeah. Ugh. A point, 1.8 points out of Des Bryant fantasy-wise. One, well, we got robbed. Well, let's just segue right into it. Was it a touchdown? Des Bryant, corner of the end zone. Uh-huh. Overturned oh, touchdown. right. Is what he the new takes? Calvin Johnson? Absolutely. Just when in doubt, he, it's not a catch anymore when well, in doubt. I think, I well, think this is already happened this in the Packers the playoffs. Thing? Yep. Yep. My my analysis, for what it's worth, is based on the rules. I don't think it's a catch, but you, as a human being, look at that and say, "Yes, he caught the football." Like, if you break down the semantics of the rule, I suppose it's not an official catch. It but looked damn like it, the he man catch caught it. the football. Right. I I thought it was a catch, even with the rule. But in common sense, it was so obviously. A catch. Only yeah. the NFL as a league is dumb enough to complicate what a fucking catch is this much. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We've talked league. about this on the podcast before, and it's it's something that the NFL really needs to actually change. Hey, remember this offseason where they changed the rule and they were supposed to have fixed everything? Yeah. I mean, this How'd was that the work out for him? This was the quote-unquote quiet offseason for Roger Goodell. Oh, man. You know, because he didn't fuck up anything major and trip over his own dick. So... <laughs> You're giving him a lot of credit downstairs. Really? Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> or very little credit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. So, you know, like, he had to screw up something epically. He didn't right? really It's in his nature. It's but if his... he trips over his dick when he's going to the ground, is that a football move? Get the fuck out. I'm, we're in your apartment, but you have to leave. I'm banishing you from your own apartment for that. Oh, God. Awesome. That was awful. Oh, man. Speaking of fantasy football, congratulations to all you Larry Fitzgerald donors out there. Oh, uh, I wanted he's to. had his one game this season. You can you can cut him now. Why you gotta be like that? Why you gotta because because I'm a like former that. Larry Fitzgerald fantasy owner. I know how this goes. You'll start him next week, and he'll like get two catches for forty yards. You know that hurts my feelings. I don't know why you'd speak about against my man Larry Fitzgerald. I, you know, a six-point performance, Gerald. A six-point performance from an eighty-three-year-old man in fantasy is not bad. I will take forty <laughs> yards on two catches. Yeah, th- there were at least eight six points game after Peyton Manning last year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I actually do want to talk about that game a little bit, especially since all three of us who made picks last week had the Cardinals as a strong contender to win the Super Bowl. I know it's only week one. I know it's only week one. You can't you can't make too many assumptions from performances during week one, but the Patriots, led by Janine Garofalo, minus... Uh, Rob Gronkowski beat the Cardinals and looked very confident doing it. Do you guys have any any hot takes? I'm not in panic mode, so I picked the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl. Garoppolo looked fantastic. That's yep. Okay, let's. let's but what I would say, but what I was gonna I was gonna say is a lot of that I think was a little bit inflated. I think the Cardinals defense is not at the level that. Clearly, the level it was last year, I think part of that, Teron Matthew, I don't think is 100% healthy. If you looked at the position he was playing last year, before he got hurt, he was playing basically a nickel corner, 
as like almost a strong safety, a force player inside the box, kind of roving around. Last night, he was playing really out deep in center field. Clearly, that has something to do with his health, not a schematic thing, because they were getting all these dinkers and dunkers to Hogan and Edelman and Amendola, who are basically yeah. all the same person. Um, they, also, <laughs> they really miss you know, their depth. Rashad Johnson, Tony Jefferson, Justin Bethel, all gone. Um, yeah. That hurts. They, they don't have nearly the depth in the secondary they did last year. So those are things they've got to address. I think Matthew will get better, and that will help the team. But, you know, their, their, their second quarterback, cornerback, did not hold up his end of the bargain. Do you see them addressing that through trades? That Are they going to be I – mean, obviously That's not. That's a good question. One. This is a hot take really early. But do they need to start thinking about what they're, who they're going to move – to bolster the defense? You know, I, I think that they probably had faith in the guys stepping in to do what they needed to do because schematically, other than the Matthew thing, they were still coming out, as most defenses are now, in nickel or dime sets a lot of the time. And I think maybe they might need to give it some time against teams that don't have quite as deep receiver cores. And also, the Pats are a dinking and dumping West Coast offense type of team. And the cards were vulnerable to that because of this particular situation. I don't think necessarily every team is going to be like that. They'll be able to trot out, you know, more linebackers in subsequent games. I I, I don't think it's panic mode. I think it's in between. Sure. I, I liked what I saw out of their offense, personally. I really did. There were a lot of awesome downfield passes. Brown had a great day. Fitz obviously had a great day. Their passing offense looked really, really good. It was honestly fun to watch, too. Yeah, and they were calling Carson Palmer dead in the first quarter. And then when he was <laughs> making those throws, I was like, he's my man! He's alive! <laughs> but you know what the Cardinals look to me? What? Beatable for when ah, the Jets play yeah. them in three weeks. Oh, oh snap! Yeah, buddy! Good we're luck, in Arizona. Okay. It's going to be hard, but we can do it. That's what I saw yesterday. It's possible! Anything is possible! All right, Kevin Garnett, calm down. Oh. Just saying. They looked beatable. Well, do you want to talk about the Jets? Because I kind of want to talk about the Jets. Are you ready for me to jump out your window? Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> so, so I don't do know if that. I'm ready okay. to talk well, about the Jets. Is this what it's like being a Jets fan? You go from anything is possible to suicide <laughs> in under three sentences? 100%. That, this is the daily existence <laughs> of a Jet fan. I mean, what, what happened to us yesterday is Nick Folk decided to miss some easy kicks. Mm-hmm. And Todd Bowles decided... Wait, wait. You guys still have Nick Folk? Yeah, man. He isn't either 300 pounds or 80 years old by now? He's probably both. No, he's n- he's neither, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you both. Anyway, and then Todd Bowles decided to forget all the cool coaching tricks he learned last year and completely mismanaged the clock, and we lost by a point. And so, I'm still hurting. Hell, I'm still hurting from our Week 17 loss to the Bills in January oh, that ended our season. It's all part of the same continuum. Time is a flat circle when you're a Jet fan, you know? I have, sure. I have a bureaucratic question. I don't know who deals with this, but who is the like legislator in charge of renaming Revis Island to Green, <laughs> to, to green Island? <laughs> I, I think A.J. Green um, is his father now. And I, I just want to know how we how we go about. Well, no, they, they're going to name AJ Green laid a they laid an airstrip down, <laughs> and they're going to name it AJ Green International Airport. And now you can fly to Rebus Island. So we haven't talked. We don't usually get political on this show, but for me, this isn't a political issue. Global warming is a real problem. All of the water around Rebus Island has dried up, and <laughs> it's it just doesn't exist anymore. It's a lot more ground to cover, you know. <laughs> 
ever expanding. I just want to be on record as saying I find this conversation highly triggering. <laughs> uh, well, well, I feel I feel very antagonized. Revis caught sense. a lot of flack that he might not have deserved. He sure. on some of the biggest plays, yeah. he was not helped at all by his safeties. It, it is AJ Green. He's great. You, it's it's going to happen. Revis is a fine it's, quarterback. I, I'm just being a dick. Yeah, there that's are, what the podcast is all about. Yes, this this physically pains me. I feel it. Okay, in my do heart. do you want to move on to, no, to no. different our heartbreak? Don't do this to me. Let's let's keep let's let me finish up. The okay, Jets. okay, okay. Finish out the Jets, and then we can talk about the Bills. We and finish have... on the Jets is exactly what AJ Green did. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gross. I'm sorry. So there's no don't camera be. here. Don't listen to this, mom. So there's no camera here, but I watched the dream of that joke hit behind Rayberg's eyes when he, he perked up. He was waiting for it, found a pocket of time to say it, dropped it, and just a little smirk off the side of his mouth. Oh, just a little bit. He was Dropping so Dropping it in the pocket. That's exactly how you want to finish. Hey! Uh, that one wasn't as strong. That was Ayo. Just, Ayo. Well, here's what I'll say. Yes. The Jets got to get their shit together. It's, po- it's possible. I have more faith. We were so okay. worried about our first six games because we're playing the hardest schedule in the universe over the next six games. We're playing the Seahawks. We're playing the Cardinals. We're playing the Steelers. Mm. Our, yeah. our schedule is insane the next six weeks. So, but what I saw yesterday is we can compete with these teams at the very least. And if yeah. you can compete, we'll you can at disappoint least get some at the them. end of the season. If you can compete, they can break your heart. Well, you know, no, no, averages, no, I think we're going to come out of these first six games three and three. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, then we'll be fine. What I'm hearing from you, John, is that you think that the Jets can be a real contender to win the Super Bowl of moral victories. I think the Jets can be a contender to make it a little bit farther than they made it last year. Hey, there you go. Which was in my nightmares. Okay. So, let's see what happens this year. Again, speaking of nightmares, Bills fans, I'm sorry. Thank God we're playing them on Thursday. Thank God the Jets are playing them on Thursday. Oh, we need a victory. Sammy Watkins broke his foot, and it makes me very, very sad. Have they said he's out-out yet? It, it's a broken foot. I don't know. I, you Speaking just, of why not did you say having that a... before I talked about how much I'm going to enjoy beating okay. them? Now I look like a dick. Speaking of watching things unfold live, John and Sam just watched a Sammy Watkins fantasy owner find out that he broke his <laughs> no! foot. No, no. Why is he going to play on Thursday? He says he will play Thursday versus the Jets. Yeah, well, Robert Griffin said his shoulder wasn't a big deal. So. Right. Sammy he... Watkins is the Jet killer. He. <laughs> fucking slaughtered us last year well here's here's what i want to take out of this my biggest regret from last week and john you'll have to just make up a regret but my biggest regret on my takes last week on who's going to do well this year who's going to do poorly i think i might have misjudged the bills (laughs) i don't think they're a i don't know if they're a wild card team i mean it's early to jump ship on anything but your early backtrack Mine might be the Bills. Yeah. What's yours, Will? What's yours, Sam? Oh, sure. Okay, early backtrack. I think Rookie of the Year, Laquan Treadwell didn't see the field, which is not promising. Stephon Diggs was very good, but he was not. A, he's not a rookie, so he wasn't my Rookie of the Year pick. I'm going to actually say that I did put my money where my mouth is before the weekend started. Sterling Shepard, I put a little bit of faith, quote-unquote, on him to win Rookie yes. of the Year this year. Uh, and he had a pretty strong showing, so I regret putting my faith in Treadwell when uh, Sean Hill 
and then soon enough Sam Bradford are going to be responsible for his fate. So I can only blame myself. My my walk back, I don't really have any walk backs I'm comfortable with yet. I think most of my of course not, of course other not. picks were safe. The thing is, is after tonight, I may have to walk back very many of, of my picks because my idiot pick was the Rams to win their division. Right? <laughs> Remember that? And, and, and that's Todd an Gurley pick. to lead the league in back. rushing. Yeah. It's a little we're early for Sam to be back. having regrets because yeah, he's going to have them. Game. Yeah. Allow me to have my regrets next week very loudly and very sadly and very angrily. What are some of the other picks you made? Sorry. I... I had the John showing that he's a true student of the podcast. I had the Raiders. <laughs> I was gonna, but then I didn't. <laughs> I had I had the Raiders winning their division. I'm I'm not ready to walk that back yet. I think they looked really good. I loved that decision to go for two. It was it was ballsy. I also loved. I loved the Jack- tweet afterwards. I was gonna say that tweet was great. So right after the Raiders won with that two point conversion with time running down, ESPN tweeted something to the effect. Uh, they tweeted before they – if they had taken the one point, ESPN gave them a 51% chance to win. Right. Taking the two point, it gave them a 49% chance to it win. It was 44, something like that. It no, was it was like 51-49. It, it was that okay, close. Okay. It was something like that. And Jack Del Rio responded, it's good thing ESPN doesn't coach the Raiders. That's great. Jack, Jack Del, Del Fuego. Fuego. Yeah, oh. Jack Del Fuego. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Amari Cooper looked great. Uh, Derek Carr looked great. I'm the defense looked <laughs> the okay. defense that was looked. <laughs> sure sure the defense looked <laughs> you know who else looked exactly good? who best court best wide receiver in the league michael crabtree yo don't you yeah. be talking that yeah, about yeah, me yeah. michael crabtree yeah. uh, i have him on my fantasy team uh, a, sor- a sorry team. receiver like michael trap uh, crabtree iced the game for the raiders which is which was nice and then threw the ball like a bomb yeah. in the air and yeah. earned himself a 15-yard penalty. Yep. Reminding us all that he's still Michael Crabtree. Yeah. That's why he's 15 on his jersey. Yeah, because yeah, he costs 15. That's nice. <laughs> what What were some other... What are some of our most egregious picks from last week? What were Will, you were the voice of reason. What were you yelling at the two of us for? I think Will is just his thoughts on the Raiders defense <laughs> have, so... have kicked him offline. The, they the did, and I, I was resurrected. What did I miss? Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, I was just asking, I said, you were the voice of reason, I think, last week. What were some of our, Sam and my worst takes? Just to fill John <laughs> Okay, in. I think I think by far was definitely the Rams. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware. Oh my God. Look, I had, I had plenty take of bad take takes, and leave it on too, your porch see? and let it on fire. Yo, <laughs> when, when they win everything, I'm just, you know. I only hope that that happens. I think, you know, I would have said the, this Jaguars and Raiders hype, but the Jaguars looked, you know, solid yeah. to the extent that the Packers looked shaky, but the Packers are always good and the Jaguars bottom, you know, tooth and nail. So it, it, a lot remains to be seen. You know, I put my faith in, in Tampa Bay and a team that's 0-1 and lost to an, a pastor prime comedian so <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really yeah we've got i don't a, know if i'm if i have the standing we've got are a, you saying we're no longer in the era of janine garofalo you know what? that's my hot take for today you know what we might be passing through the era of blade blindly and blatantly at least this is my policy blindly and blatantly shitting on any quarterback that plays in the state of florida because uh winston looked good 
Mm-hmm. Bortles looked fine. Yeah. And Ryan Tannehill? I wanted to talk about this game. In what universe do the Seahawks only beat the Dolphins by two? Yeah. First off, let's calm down on Ryan Tannehill looking good. His team scored three points. What are you, what are you talking about? They, they He rushed for a touchdown. What, what was the final 12, score? 10. That was six to three. Ten, no, it was ten 12, to twelve. Twelve ten. Okay, even 10 still we can't go crazy about a quarterback. And he took like a good shot points. on that hit. And I don't know, he looked... There are low standards. I don't see how any of this adds up to quality quarterbacking. Well, by Florida standards. They lost to a guy who had no leg. Right. <laughs> in, in the universe where Russell Wilson... For the second half. You're telling me that he did a good job? Hey, man. He did not do a good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I thought you. he looked a lot better. If I was a Dolphins fan, I'd be a lot more excited than I've been. Well, and the defense played pretty decent. He looked bad, good compared to an amputee. Right. Uh, we'll bring in some reason here. I'm okay. Wow, I, I'm that guy. So I don't know. I mean, Russell Wilson was was injured. That certainly doesn't help things. I mean, I was last week talking about how I think the Seahawks' offense is maybe the more reliable part of the team, and when Russell Wilson is is hampered, that obviously can't be the case. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I, Tannehill's one of these guys that every year people feel like it's going to be the year he puts it together, and, you know, I've been lied to before, so I'll wait until he has more than 200 yards passing to, <laughs> to really put my stock in him. But, you know, 10 points against the Seahawks, who, you know, I think I reminded us of this last week, least points allowed four years in a row. Yep. Uh, you always think they're going to be washed up, but they always come back. Like, that's a pretty good showing with any throwing the ball to handing off and throwing the ball to Arian Foster, who looked okay, miraculously. And uh, it, I don't know. I, I think he, he looked a lot better than I was expecting. I expected the Seahawks to win that game about 40 to nothing. Well, this is this is from one of the consensus worst teams in the league, too. Yeah. Well, the Seattle Seahawks offensive line looked like tissue paper. So that might spell trouble for a Russell Wilson yeah. that is, is having ankle problems, especially against sure. the Jets with the best defensive line in the league. <laughs> All right, you need to calm down. We talked about the Jets, John. Do you hear me? This is me talking through my feelings. Are you going to start healthy for me? You're going to start talking about the Yankees. Sounds very monster. cathartic. Yeah. No, because this is a football podcast. All right. Well. I'll wait for the baseball podcast to spend 30 <laughs> minutes talking about the Yankees. Oh. Well, we haven't talked about, Sam, your team. Yeah. We have barely talked about my team, but there's yeah. nothing really eventful going on in Eagle Land. What do you mean? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz looked good, Wentz but you know, looks there's good. nothing to write home about yet, I'd say. He won a game, which was more than I expected from him. Let's talk about the Bears. Let's talk about the Bears. The Bears. Because I thought that that was going to be a whole lot worse than it was. And it wasn't good. And it wasn't good. The first half was okay. What were you The expecting? Bears were winning. For, I was expecting the Bears to not score a I, touchdown. I, I was expecting the Bears to get like, shut out. I, I was expecting a, a shutout. I was expecting Jay Cutler to get sacked at least five times. I was expecting <laughs> a billion interceptions. But, but we found guys open. Our passing game existed. We got like killed but at the at the same time there were moments in that game where it was very competitive and i wasn't expecting that at all i was expecting that game to be over two possession game yeah get killed leading 14 10 at the half i mean that's not a killing no i I think the bears are better than we thought they were gonna be we may see how much better 
Brock Osweiler a lot better than I thought he was sure. going to be. Mm-hmm. And Lamar yeah. Miller. Yeah. Yep. Looks like the te- Texans might have gotten the best out of that deal. Mm-hmm. He's uh, probably the odds-on favorite for the rushing title. Maybe that's my biggest regret. Oh, okay. Because they're actually giving him the ball. Yeah, they're feeling yeah, he, he just didn't get carries in Miami, and he's looking like a workhorse now. Carried the ball 28 times. I oh. think they said most – most he's gotten in his career, mm-hmm. something like well, that. Well, Lamar, Lamar Miller was that fantasy player who you always drafted, thinking this was going to be his year, and then got three points of out, yeah. Out, yeah, got three points out of him weekly, and now he's actually going to get points for you and all nice. these people. And I never had faith in Lamar Miller, but I showed up to a draft late and ended up with him, and now <laughs> I don't feel so bad. bad. <laughs> uh, I liked the biggest surprise for me in that game was Jeremy Langford, for me. I I had never had any any hope in him. I uh, oh, you weren't on the Langford. No, bandwagon. I there wasn't. were a lot of people on. The I Langford wasn't. Trade. I, I I was not giving him really any credit. I I watched him play. I didn't like what I saw. But on Sunday, he actually put together an okay game. He was making some moves. He was finding a bit of open field. He was he was active in the receiving game too. I'm always high on Big Ten backs. <laughs> I. Will, Will, I'm going to let you deal with this. I think I have a lot of faith in those guys that either rush for a ton of yards or a ton of scores in the Big Ten. Langford, Bell, Melvin uh, Gordon, Melvin I, Gordon I think, is going to have a resurgent season. He had a great um, game. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but Ezekiel Elliott. I have a lot of faith in those guys. More the big bruising types than the Ezekiel Elliott types. But I, I was, you know, Langford, if you look at the numbers, they're not mind-blowing. But you got to keep in mind, Houston has one of the best run defenses in the league. That's too. the other thing. So to be able to, you know, to have yeah, he he had 17 for 57. You're not wowing anybody, but he was a consistent runner. And again, the pastures will be a lot clearer in the future. Yeah. So yeah, I I think he had a solid outing. Well, for me in this game, I was excited. I mean, Nuck Hopkins is incredible, and it looks like Will Fuller is also really really good. Yeah. Yeah, but I was really happy to see Jadavian Clowney have a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clowney looked like not necessarily his South Carolina self, but he looked like he could become the caliber of player he's capable of being. Mm-hmm. You know, he got a sack. He hit. He got to Cutler three times. He broke a couple tackles for a loss. And I, I'm just—he's one of the guys I'm really hoping can. You know, apparently he got in crazy shape this past off season. That's great. And I could shake laser gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's been doing some MMA apparently. Whatever works, I don't know. It's real. We're not joking. Yeah, no, no. Those are those are all real things. I was never a big clowny fan, but really, I do like you know the comeback story. So that's fair. I'm so I'm so anti SEC. Uh, I'm just gonna. I mean, I already said I was pro Big Ten yeah. back. Now I'm gonna say I'm anti SEC, and now I'm gonna say that I like Tevin Coleman. I think he's gonna. <laughs> Other other big stories from the Saturday in NFL Sunday Sh- Sunday. Su- Sunday Sunday we need to talk about Sunday, Lions Sunday, Colts Sunday. yeah I want to talk about Lions Colts mm-hmm. oh. oh I we, I left the bar after Luck Andy Luck threw that touchdown I was really like, you over. thought it was over oh I thought it was super over and now on the bus looking at my phone and see a different final mm-hmm. it's like the Lions fucking won that game what the fuck happened and then I remembered the uh, the Colts have Antonio Cromartie. <laughs> and well, I remembered what happened. I realized. Sure. Antonio Cromartie. Mm. One of the greatest conceivers of all time. One of the worst cornerbacks of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have all the talents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we have to throw one of these in per week. People forget that Matt Stafford is actually a great quarterback and really, really good at putting together come-from-behind drives. Yeah, especially when the defense is playing 25 yards off each receiver. Yeah, That prevent yeah, defense yeah. at the end of the game was do, an abomination. Do that against the Lions, right? One of, one of the most throw-happy receiver or quarterbacks in the league. I mean, this is part of the reason why I don't have a lot of faith in the Colts this year. The offense looks great. The defense looks terrible. Sure. I mean, I think the Lions are going to be good, decent, but they've got a lot to shore up. All right, here's the time to make a prediction you're going to regret. Mm-hmm. Who wins that division this year? The AFC South. Well, that was that the was Colts, the one that Jaguars I was. Jaguars or Texans? I took the Jags, and will <laughs> say that should be my regret, but I don't know. You're you're still you're sticking with the Jags still? Oh, I can't go back on my pick after week one. I'm not even going back on the Bills yet. I'm just That's, saying. Okay. okay. They look sketchy. Will, who do you have in that division? I have Houston. Yeah, we both. Um, and I'm Houston. feeling pretty good about it. You know, it was the default pick for me, and I don't have any reason to change it. I I tend to agree with that because, as we said, Brock Osweiler has looked better, I think, than a lot of us thought. Yeah, I ha- I had. And, not ha- and faith Hopkins in is just and now Miller. They've yep. got the offensive weapons. We know they have the defense. I have. To, I maybe I should regret that pick a little bit more, but not yet. I'm, I'm, Jags look fine. Yeah, I'm rooting for them to, to do good. I, if we want to talk about the Jags, we can. Uh, Blake Bortles looked looked good in, in the game. There was that injury. What? So do we think they're going to get only one team in the playoff, or one of these teams going to be a wild card team? Uh, I don't know. I don't think they have a wild card team. I think there's too many no. good teams in the, in the conference. I don't see two teams making it from that division. Is it going to be the same thing? As last year, where all the teams ultimately have kind of shitty records, or is one team going to? Do you think the Texans are going to pull away? I, I I think the Texans are going to pull away. I think I don't think it's going to be another like eight and eight kind of deal. Ten and six, eleven five. Yeah, I can yeah. see ten and six. I was going to say I well, think the Texans are a ten win team. Well, which brings us to the one game I don't think we've touched on hardly mm-hmm. at all, which is uh, Vikings Titans. Oh yeah. We, How about Adrian Peterson? <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about you know how i mentioned earlier that i auto-drafted lamar miller before i showed up nonsense. guess who else that team auto-drafted adrian, adrian peterson, peterson in the first round i know what i would highly doubt mm-hmm. that you, your picks would have been substantially different had you showed up on time oh don't you first even off, dare first off how many reminders did the commissioner send to you oh are, is, <laughs> was that was that your league yeah how oh. many times how many times did the no. commissioner send you a reminder, I, I, Raymond? I think John's the commissioner. How many times? How many reminders did you get? Well, let me just say that in I had first pick in that league. No, you had a, you were later. Oh, okay. you were much later. Well, I don't know. My other leagues, I think my early rounders did fine. Didn't put an Antonio Brown and yeah. Didn't the commissioner, in good faith, open his doors to you oh, for the did. draft <laughs> and, and make you welcome in his home? I know, and I wanted to go there, and I. I don't remember what's happening. Something important. <laughs> yeah. What could possibly be more important than a fantasy football draft? Ugh. Literally everything. Oh, well, I was guesting on this podcast beforehand. I want to bring it back to actual football real quick. Oh, sorry. We're, we're Are you saying about me and Rayberg working out our personal issues on the pod is not quality content? No, <laughs> it is quality content, but we, don't, we, we only want about like three or four minutes of that, and I think we're at like ten now, so 15, we should probably stop. 25. Shout out to Keenan Allen. Um, hmm. 
torn ACL. He went in for an MRI today. <sighs> He's one of like my low-key favorite players in the league. I really like him. He's dynamic and, and exciting, and it really sucks to see him go out for the season during game one. Uh, I just read this is apparently his fourth season-ending injury in five years. So I, I just I just want to shout him out, say you know I'm I'm sorry, and hey Chargers fans, I'm I'm also <laughs> sorry, because now you know you, well they you don't they, have... they were showing a lot of promise. They fired out to a huge lead. Yep. You know, as bad as things get for them, a steady constant is Rivers being very good mm-hmm. and Keenan Allen being very good when available, and then they collapse and give away. A huge lead to the Chiefs, and it just that's that's looking like the way the season's gone. Yeah, and Alex Smith. Oh yeah, getting fired up. Yeah. Oh man, my boy. I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever seen him so excited. That was great. Yeah, the check scoring down a rushing touchdown, scoring a rushing touchdown, and, yeah. and getting pretty. I fucking hyped. love Alex Smith. You want to know why? Because that's what happens when you're a quarterback with no natural talent and just work really hard. You would be <laughs> Alex Smith. Right? Oh is he your Gruden grinder? Oh, you know. Your Schne- your Schneidman men. <laughs> Don't. That was awful, dude. All I'm saying is I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Alex Smith, and I'm just happy to see him happy. <laughs> he gave us like a little like you like that esque. Yeah. Okay. Bit sure. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. He was happy when he did it too. It was like happy hype, not like angry hype, which yeah, is which is kind of cool. He was, like, calling down the pleasure well, of the heavens. Let him learn one emotion before you ask him for two. He's got to figure <laughs> out happy before he can get angry. Come on. How long Very has Alex Smith been in the league at this point? It's been a long and winding road for him, man. Yeah, absolutely. He's drafted in, what, like 2005? Yeah. He old. Yo, shady uh, Super Bowl pick Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm? I, I, I'm in a league where you have to pick a Super Bowl pick before the... And, and you, you have Kansas the Chiefs? Chiefs? Wow. All right. Mostly because fuck the Patriots, but also okay. on the Chiefs. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. I want to, we're, we're coming up uh, a little close to an hour, so we're probably going to uh, wrap this up relatively soon. But before we do, I want to mention really quickly the uh, the continuing protests of the, the National Anthem and the way they've changed. But in specific regards to one of the weirdest conspiracy theories i've heard in a while from john john actually introduced this to me can i lay it out yeah please please because you introduced it to me so i got this one from mercury news Mm -hmm. okay so it is not my theory because i would have had no way of knowing this but basically yesterday morning they on espn's nfl sunday countdown they talked about this whole national anthem thing And while Randy Moss and Charles Woodson praised the protesters, specifically Colin Kaepernick, for bringing consciousness and attention to this issue, Trent Dilfer went in on Colin Kaepernick, (laughs) talked about how he's tearing at the fabric of the locker room, how he's calling attention to himself, how he's a backup quarterback and he needs to sit down and shut up. And now there's a theory that he's voicing the thoughts of Trent Balk, 49ers GM, who seems to be the last guy in the 49ers front office who is out. On Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 49ers front office, including owner Jed York, has been very supportive of Colin Kaepernick and him raising his, his voice in such a manner. And it seems like 
Trent Balk, who has wanted Colin Kaepernick off the roster for eons. It's unclear if he asked Trent Dilfer to say something, but it seems that Trent Dilfer is reflecting his boy's point. And it is well documented, it should be noted, that Trent Dilfer and Trent Balk are friends. Trent, so you gotta, Trent's got to stick Trent together. Squared. They're, they're often seen out socially. I think this article mentioned that they've been seen at hockey games together. So <laughs> oh it's not God. just like oh pulling a if they weren't If the they weren't white enough in this story already. Yeah. Oh, Socializing man. at hockey games. Well, and you'd think there'd be some self-awareness out of like the ESPN production team to say, listen, Trent Dilfer... If you say this contradicting Randy Moss and Charles yeah. Wilson, it's going to be the most stereotypical white guy yeah. take. So maybe take a second and don't make yourself look like a fucking fool on national television. Well, my, my well maybe that's the take he's supposed to bring. Remember, Doug Gottlieb got in trouble for verbatim saying, now let me bring the white man's perspective in, <laughs> yeah. in the context yeah. of a college basketball thing. Uh, I, I, I just wanted to right. chime in, uh, check out what Charles Woodson had to say, because I, I think he really, yeah, he knocked it out of the park. But I yeah. agree with that. But I want to, real quick, bring it back to Trent Dilfer, because what he was saying was completely false, too. After maybe the first week when Colin Kaepernick kind of made the effort to actually, like, talk to his teammates, bring them together, whether or not they agreed with his decision to sit, stand, kneel, whatever. Uh, he was talking with them about it, and coaching staff, players, everyone has said that Colin Kaepernick has actually brought the team together in having these conversations. So to have Trent, Trent Dilfer say things like he's becoming a locker room cancer and he's driving the team apart standing in direct contrast to like eyewitness as close to eyewitness testimony as you can get right the players know whether or not they get along with Colin Kaepernick it just seems completely disingenuous well and it's also common sense like in what you you have to think practically I mean Colin Kaepernick did not call attention to himself with this protest attention came to him because he was asked because a reporter noticed him sitting down but once that happened like if you're a football player or if you're in any work environment and somebody chooses not to stand for the national anthem in what way is that going to affect your life Mm -hmm. like i don't see how it possibly could have torn at the lock fabric of the locker room it just makes no sense to me that this would be an issue in any work environment if if it does i don't understand that if it it does that's a weakness of your locker room yeah yeah that's that's a good point well, Chip Kelly is known for really leading strong <laughs> units that have a lot of you know, faith in the system yeah. and uh, you know work together and don't complain. So I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> you also know that it's actually kind of ironic that after all the talk about Chip Kelly's uh, yeah. behavior around African-American around players athletes. and the way he yeah. treats them, that yeah. I think an underrated storyline is how supportive he's been. Um, Civil rights pioneer. A little bit of his reputation back is, I promise I'm not a racist. <laughs> See, look at Colin. I'm not this happened. I've got See? black friends. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> underrated, underrated part of all this is that their coach is Chip Kelly. What if this is all a false flag operation? What if Chip Kelly told Colin Kaepernick to protest the flag specifically because it would put Chip Kelly in the position to support him the black lives matter movement and uh and stand against police brutality with a predominant okay okay ladies and gentlemen it's it's not gonna get 
any hotter than that on this show. That I is, think you got to wrap it. Call 911. We need the fire department. On that bombshell. On that bombshell, I think it is take. It is actually time time to end. I haven't thought of this week's Lindsay Lohan of quarterbacks <laughs> yet. I, I apologize. When in doubt, it's Andy Dalton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's every week. Ginger every Pride. week. It's Andy Dalton Andy is Dalton, the Lindsay yeah. Lohan of quarterbacks. Wonderful. Uh, congratulations, Andy Dalton, on your prestigious award from Intentional Sounding the Draw Play podcast. You win a Mattel replica of Herbie the Love Bug. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, uh, wonderful. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Check out the national uh, Yeah, I was going to say, oh, John, if you, we'll, 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 let you, we'll let you plug. Uh, so, yeah, John, if you have anything to plug, any places we can follow you on the internets. Yo, check me out at, at Real Schneidman on Twitter. <laughs> Check out the National Ave podcast. It's the National Pod. You can get it on iTunes, SoundCloud, or if you're one of the three people who use Stitcher, they're also oh, man, Stitcher. Yeah. Hell yeah, it's, Stitcher. And it's great. I can I can vouch. Yeah. I, I do a lot of runs to the National Ave. It's great. It's a very, very good podcast. Uh Will? My Twitter handle is Will I Stand. Like I said before, I'm a, a quality guy over quantity, but may <laughs> may kick it up a notch. But but that's about it. Check me out. Wonderful. Right? You can follow me on Twitter at it's R A Rayberg or Rare H Berg, depending on uh, how you think about it. And you can also find me soon. <laughs> yeah, it's true, Rare H Berg. And you can also find me soon on rayrayberg.com. Yeah. I bet that's gonna have so many quality headshots. <laughs> All right, you know what? As always, I'm Sam Grezes. Well, I don't know. I can't talk. As always, I'm Sam Grezes. You can follow me at, at Sam Grezes. S-A-M-G-R-E-S-Z-E-S-E-S-E-S. Uh, you can also follow along with me on Yard Barker. I also have a Twitch show, twitch.tv slash Robots Fighting Dinosaurs. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, uh, we're going to be back to our normally scheduled programming. Drop Play Dave will be back from his wonderful honeymoon in Scotland. So oh, we're you can fun, Draw Play Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Dave. Draw Play Dave. Don't fall off any of the Scottish cliffs of Dover, Do which is definitely in Scotland. Scotland. Oh, Do they get boy. Sunday ticket in Scotland? I can hear the music now as this fades out into oblivion. <laughs>